In the movie World War Z, there was a Mossad agent trying to explain to Brad Pitt's character why Israel was far more prepared for a zombie outbreak than the rest of the world. The reason was the Tenth Man Rule. The agent explained that the Israel Security Council had 10 advisors who looked into big picture issues. If the first nine advisors dismissed an issue or potential danger, then the 10th man was forced to overrule them on principle and look into the issue no matter how far-fetched the scenario. There's a lesson in there that I think applies to exactly how Ed McQuiston, EVP and Chief Commercial Officer for Highland says the company tends to operate. We've got to change planes while we're still flying. And, you know, that's the hard part. There's never that opportunity to say, all right, let us pause and reset. The business continues every day. No, Highland doesn't change planes to avoid zombies or some other apocalyptic scenario. What it has done, though, is create a process of contrarian thinking that has ensured its survival for decades. So what does that process look like in action? And how has it allowed them and their customers to avoid the figurative business apocalypses? Let's dig in. I'm Jeremy Bergeron, Vice President of Strategy at Mission.org, and this is Business X Factors. Each week, we'll take a look at the secret sauce that takes companies to the highest levels of success and unpack how they got there. We'll explore how these organizations are run, what's special about the people, culture, and processes that make it all happen. Question for you. What do you think is the best use of technology? Our friends at Highland believe technology is about transforming the way we all work so we can be more informed, empowered, and connected through every interaction and in every relationship with everyone we serve. Highland is your X factor for better performance. Go to highland.com forward slash insights to learn more. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D.com slash insights. Sticking with the movie theme, when you hear Highland's origin story, you might think it sounds more like an Aaron Sorkin drama. But this is no episode of The West Wing. In real life, the founders of Highland had an idea. They literally wrote it on a napkin, and then they went out and made it happen. And guess what? That napkin, it's framed in the Highland headquarters offices right now. In many ways, the philosophies that went into that napkin absolutely still hold true today, which was this sort of core belief that information just lies at the root of how businesses run and making it available to people where they need it, when they need it for you know decision making was really at the root of it and that it should be easy and not complex. It should be accessible, always on. And I think that 30 years later, it's even more true. The difference, I think, today is the volume of information and the ways in which people want to consume it has just expanded exponentially over the years. But that root sort of belief 
lies in everything we do. Highland was founded in 1991 to help companies better manage their data and information. In the mid-1990s, Highland became one of the first websites ever, coming in at website number 23,500, which is actually pretty incredible considering estimates today say that there are currently more than 1.7 billion websites. And in the years since, the company has grown to focus on helping industries in a number of vertical markets and has worked with more than 19,000 companies around the globe. Ed parachuted into Highland in 2001 after he got his start in technology being a one-man IT department at Aetna. Right out of school, I went to work for uh, Aetna Insurance. And my first day on the floor at Aetna in 1992 was the first day of PCs at their Tampa business office. They had nothing but CRTs to that point. And it became this great leveling effect because, you know, I wasn't necessarily afraid of PCs, but a lot of my coworkers never seen a, a PC in their life. I started trading my lack of insurance knowledge for helping people figure out why they couldn't get the machine to do what they wanted it to do. And after a year and a half, I managed to convince management at Aetna that I should be in their IT department. Ed continued to hone his IT skills and eventually found himself presented with the Highland story. He was intrigued and he was attracted to Highland because from the outside looking in, the company operated in a way that didn't always make sense. I went to the 1998 trade show where Highland built a baseball booth in the middle of the AIM show, the big bet of the company at that point. The the expenditure definitely didn't match the company size, but they were showing some unbelievable software. And, and what attracted me was the energy, the passion of the people. They were just so, it was so contagious. Ed pursued an opportunity to join the Highland team, and he was brought in to help Highland expand into the healthcare vertical. The company was doing well enough elsewhere, but rather than stick to its track, Highland thought it was time to conquer new territories. Those early days, we weren't a name in our own industry, let alone in the healthcare industry at that point. And the core providers of our type of solutions, or at least our type of software, were the providers that industry. You know, it was McKesson's, it was Siemens, it was Cerner, and they were selling something like our software. But the difference was they were selling it very narrowly in the niches they knew. So if you wanted a medical record solution, they had that. If you wanted a patient accounting solution, they had that. What we were able to do, and you know, what I worked to identify with our team early was how do we do those things? How do we do medical records? How do we do patient finance? you know, hopefully at least as well as those solutions do, but then offer an enterprise vision for the hospital of content services generally, meaning that instead of buying a medical record solution from vendor A and then having to buy a patient finance solution from vendor B and then one for AP and then one for HR, next thing you know, you got six different content solutions to maintain and support and buy infrastructure for. If we could do medical records just as well as say our competitor, and also offer a vision to, and you can roll out AP and HR and facilities management and all these other things. Now we were differentiating and now we had a better story, even though we weren't as big a company, we weren't as well-known a company. That all came to a head with Alina Hospitals and Clinics in Minneapolis back in 2003. Really hard competition. They were going to be one of the first, if not the first 
epic sort of fully integrated ambulatory and acute rollouts to their 14 hospitals and 63 clinics. By the time their first hospital went live with the Epic and, and Highland solution together, we had already rolled out 14 other departments. We were up in AP, we were up in HR, and that we kept showing value again and again. And, and that really became a linchpin to our success where we were able to replicate that time and time again for the better part of 18 mm. years now. The healthcare vertical is now the largest at the company. And the reason that Highland is benefiting now from that vertical is because of the process Ed and the team put in place to constantly be changing things up. You see, past is not prologue at Highland. The future is what matters, and it has to be written and rewritten in the present. That belief is what made it possible for Highland to command its fate. See, over the years, Highland continued to find success in healthcare, but there were signs on the horizon that indicated that the tides might be changing and they needed to act now to prepare for later. When I took on the sales group in 2012, our healthcare business, which as you've noted, is the largest segment of our business, had run into some competitive challenges. They had lost a few deals in a row that were the kind that basically you just write down and pen, we win that deal. You know, our competitive advantage was so great. And we ended up making a change with the leadership of that group, but also then challenging the new leaders who we promoted and saying, it doesn't matter what we've done till now. It doesn't matter the success we've had. We've got to peel it to the studs and analyze every aspect of how we are approaching this market. We've got to look at how we demonstrate. We've got to look at our messaging. We've got to look at how we're talking to customers and we've got to you know, really redo our approach. And as our customers will refer to a lot, we've got to change planes while we're still flying. And that's the hard part. You know, there's never that opportunity to just say, all right, let us pause and reset. The business continues every day. Making this massive change was necessary. Changing the leadership, rethinking the sales approach, talking to customers in a new way. This is a painful process, especially when what you had been doing had been working pretty well for a while. But that didn't matter. And this isn't the only example of Highland taking this route. About four years ago, maybe five, I had become convinced that we had outgrown our sales structure, that the company size had reached a point where the structure that had served us really well was starting to show cracks. We you know, were having challenges with overlaps in some areas and white space in others. So I worked with somebody internally to really create a presentation to the C-level executives, which I wasn't at the time to say, I know it looks like it's working because it was. And that was the big, hairy, scary part, right? Is yeah, we're growing. Yeah, we're hitting numbers. Yep, we're doing all the things we wanna do. And I'm telling you that I think in two years, we start to really see a struggle if we don't re rebuild. And I knew also that I wasn't the person to do it. I could see the need. I knew what I knew the challenges were, but I'm not an organizational designer and proposed that to our C-level, got their buy-in. And, you know, we ended up bringing a third party in to assist. Ed wasn't focused on the P&Ls of the moment, which is what the executives and shareholders typically zero in on. He was looking at the problems that could be coming in the future. He saw what was ahead and believed that a big change was needed now. I talk all the time about the speed of business, and I drive my senior leadership team crazy with my sense of urgency. 
I say all the time, I wake up and go to bed with a ticking clock. There's always a month end. There's always a quarter end. There's always a year end. There's always the next thing. There's always new technology. There's always something. And the analogy that I've used has been, you know, I don't know if you've spent much time in Dallas or, or Houston, but one of the things that always amazes me when you go to those cities is they have these access roads that that, that parallel their highways, literally yep. for miles yep. and miles on end. And I joke around, like you can sort of make your choice. I want to do 35 miles an hour and hit every red light in Dallas, or I can go up on the highway and do 80 and get there as fast as I can. And my thing is, I don't want to be on the access road and I don't want our customers to be on the access road. How are we doing 80 on the highway? That sort of sense of urgency that that I feel is something that I'm not really joking, that I, I drive people a little crazy with internally. But I think that today, if you want to be in tech and you want to lead, it, it has to be ever present. You, you can't yeah. let your foot off the gas. But Highland's process of making big, sweeping, preemptive changes isn't just an idea they keep for themselves. It's a method the company brings to its partners and customers as well. How? And are there times that maybe this isn't the best way to do business? Stick with us and find out. When I need help, I want someone who understands where I am now and where I'm coming from, but with a broader perspective. The folks at Highland are like that. Highland is a true partner to more than half of Fortune 100 companies, a partner that understands your industry and offers expertly tailored solutions that evolve with you. With Highland, you gain a complete view of information across your organization along with the agility to compete at the top of your game and deliver better customer experiences. Highland is your X factor for better performance. Go to highland.com forward slash insights to learn more. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D.com slash insights. We all dream of having an easy life. Most of us want to get to a state where we can just sit back and not have to worry about anything. Business owners may sometimes feel that way too, but it's that ache for comfort and consistency that can actually turn into a poison pill. Comfort can quickly turn into complacency, which is a dangerous state to live in, especially when you consider the speed at which things change. That's why Ed and Highland are never comfortable. They are constantly looking over their shoulder. Often you will find these very large Fortune 500 companies or 100 companies. The conversations they want to have when we do executive meetups, I talk about this all the time. I don't want to talk to you about your technology. I really don't. I want to talk to you about what keeps you up at night. Where are you trying to go with the business? That you know may evolve into a technology discussion, but how do I help you if I don't understand what are your keep you up at night things? And to do that well means it's not just an executive discussion. You know, it's having the idea of what we call enterprise advisors that sit down and talk about three-year planning. What should this look like in three years? The three-year or five-year plan is critical because your nightmares today might not manifest immediately tomorrow. They might take a while. So when you look ahead, Highland believes that you not only have to have a plan, but the plan may actually have to be contrary to what you're doing right now. 
you talked about this idea of changing the plane while flying, right? We're already in mid-flight, we're changing the plane. And I'm curious how you're doing that for customers. Like, how do you convince them to change what's already working? I visited a customer in, in Switzerland, a hundred-year-old insurance company. They were everything you wanted to be when you thought about an insurance company years ago, stable, had been around forever, financially viable, right? For all of us, when we looked for an insurance company, certainly as, as recently as, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, those were the boxes you wanted checked. If you were in a fender bender 15 years ago, you know, the, the, you get in the fender bender, you, you get out and you get a police report and you take it to your agent. And then the agent takes pictures of your car and you get an auto repair estimate. And you send it all into the insurance company and maybe three, four weeks later, you get a check. And that was normal. That wasn't bad service. That's That was aligned with our expectations as customers. Today, I sort of joke, like you get in that same fender bender, you want to be able to take a couple pictures with your phone, right? Hit submit on a sheet, your insurance company, some guy pops up out of the manhole cover and prints a check off his hip side, you know, printer. And I, I say it jokingly, but it's not far from what we expect. Now imagine you're that insurance company. What does it take to make that happen? What are the backend systems? Because all the evaluation to pay that claim, that hasn't changed. Do you have fraud history with us? Do your coverage limits cover this claim? Do you have a deductible? Do you have, in fact, the volume of information they have to sift through has only increased exponentially as they become consumers of data to make better decisions. Yet your expectation of the timeline to turn around to pay has reduced to a day, if not minutes. Well, that pressure, if you're that 100-year-old insurance company in Switzerland and you didn't keep up, you're now watching your reports, your financial reports, and you're watching customers attrit off year after year. And there becomes a line in the sand where the amount of new premium coming in versus what you're attriting off means we're in big trouble. And they saw that line happening in five years, within five. And they were on old mainframe systems and there was no way they were going to be able to revamp that before this critical moment. Our job wasn't to just come in and be technologists. Our job was to figure out how to keep them from not being a business in five years. The risk of going out of business is real no matter who you are. And the speed at which it can happen is scary. At least it should be if you're a forward-thinking leader. Sometimes pivots are necessary in order to change course from imminent disaster to sustained success. As an example, just look at Twitter. Initially, Twitter was founded as a company called Odeo, and it was built as a network where people could find and subscribe to podcasts. But when iTunes rose to prominence and began taking over the podcast niche, Odeo's founders were worried their company was destined to fail. In an effort to save the business, the founders gave the employees two weeks to come up with new ideas the company could pivot toward. What they came up with was a drastic change. The idea, conceived by Jack Dorsey and Biz Stone, was to build a status-updating microblogging platform. Odeo ran with the massive shift, and the rest is history. It pays to take big risks, especially when there's so much on the line. But there are pitfalls, too, to being overly ambitious with your changes. Just like in the movie World War Z we talked about earlier, sometimes you have to go through the exercise 
examine the ideas and the outcomes and still show a bit of restraint. I'm pretty emotionally charged as people that know me. I tend to be a little more right-brained. I will hear things and go, you know, marketing was a great example. I met with all those people for 120 days. I came to the conclusion that we really needed to re-engineer our, our content creation processes from end to end. So I sit down with the VP and I have one of my Ed moments where I just go, you know what? We need to revamp this whole thing. We got to go lock ourselves in a conference room with a whiteboard, with the leadership team. And we need to draw this whole thing out and slide me under the door. And we're not coming out until we have it fixed. And I thankfully have either, I, I can't figure out whether it's subconscious or conscious, but surrounded myself with people who are capable of handling my ed moments. And our, our VP of marketing looked at me and said, we could definitely do that. But instead, what we could do, and we ended up, we brought in a third party to you know really analyze us, benchmark us against best practices, and make recommendations on ways to revamp that process. In World War Z, there was a group of advisors and a commitment to pursuing contrarian pathways. At Highland, a similar process exists, and in its pursuit of always being on the cutting edge, it has built itself into a company and a partner that its customers know they can count on. Highland has changed its own trajectory a time or two, and it has helped its customers do the same. As a result, the planes have always landed safely, and they have never run into any zombies. Business X Factors is brought to you by our friends at Highland. For over a decade, Highland has been named a leader in the Gartner Magic Quadrant for content services platforms leading the way to help people get the information they need when and where they need it. More than half of 2020 Fortune 100 companies rely on Highland to help them create more meaningful connections with the people they serve. When your focus is on the people you serve, Highland stands behind you. Highland is your X factor for better performance. Go to highland.com forward slash insights to learn more. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D dot com slash insights. You've been listening to Business X Factors, created by Mission.org and brought to you by Highland. If you like this show, please be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app. And we'd be so grateful if you rated and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts, as this helps ensure that more amazing listeners like you find this show. Thanks for listening. I'm Jeremy Bergeron, and I'll catch you next time on Business X Factors. Business X Factors.